Welcome to the outreach ministry of Bishop Victor Gill, prophet of the nation. Coming to you from the Caribbean paradise, the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Join us right now for an experience that can change your life. Get ready for your miracle. Here is Bishop Victor Gill. Today I want to share with, with you on the subject, the word of God lost in the house of God. The word of God lost in the house of God. Seven centuries before Christ. During the reign of Josiah, the, the king of Judah, we are told that the word of God was lost in the house of God. What a paradox. And one might ask, what does that mean? How can the word of God be lost in the house of God? If there's anything that you're supposed to remember, in the house of God. If there's anything that should have a central place in the house of God, it ought to be the word of God. But here it is. We are told that the word of God was lost in the house of God. The Bible tells us while renovations were being done on the house of God, the high priest Hilkiah found the book of the law in the house of God and give it to the scribe, Shaphan, to read. And when the scribe read the book and discovered its content, he took it to the king and read it before the king. And when the king heard the word of God that was discovered, he was shocked to discover how far the nation had strayed from the word of God. And that they were in line for divine judgment. The word of God tells us the king therefore he tore his clothes. And he said in verse 13. Great is the wrath of the Lord. That is aroused against us. Because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. To do according to all that is written concerning us. The king when he discovered what was said. He said great wrath. Is kindled against us. All because of what he heard. As far as he was concerned. If it is written, it is done. Jesus. He said, great wrath is kindled against us. And the Bible says, he humbled himself, tore his clothes. And the Bible said, 
he wept before the Lord and repented. And as a result of that, God said a judgment will come, but I would not bring it in your day. The word of God lost in the house of God. I always thought it very interesting how the word of God was lost in the house of God. I also thought it interesting how a portion of the scripture can be read to a king without any human input, without any interpretation and it caused a king to weep and repent. Just the, just the pure reading of the word. I, I thought that interesting. Because there are people that they know who will read the word, preach the word, and tell you there's nothing to worry about. But the word read by itself caused a king to tear his clothes and repent. Are we really preaching this book? I find it even more interesting how many today can read the same word of God without it producing any sense of fear. Personally, I cannot read through a significant portion of the scripture, Old Testament or New Testament, without feeling a measure of what King Josiah might have felt. Now that is my testimony. I cannot, because as far as I know, if I, if I go to Genesis by chapter 6, the whole world is right. I said, oh God, only eight saved. Anybody with me? Any part of the Bible you read, if you read long enough, you had to ask yourself, is my life right with God? Is it possible that in an effort to be positive, in an effort to please the world, in an effort to keep people in the congregation, in an effort to fit in with the culture, in an effort to fit in with the spirit of the age, in an effort to benefit ourselves economically, is it possible that for all these reasons, we can again lose the word of God in the house of God? Is it possible for you to lose the word of God in the house of God while your Bible is open and while you are hearing sermons? I believe how we view and approach the scripture determines whether or not the word of God is lost in the house of God. Anybody out there? We have to ask ourselves and settle with what is the purpose for the word of God? What is the purpose for the Bible? There are three main purposes that I want to identify. For the word of God, which if we miss, the word of God might be lost in the house of God. Are you still there? Number one, one of the main purpose why the word of God is given to us 
is to produce or to impart to us godly knowledge. There are lots of things we can learn from the Bible. We can learn dietary stuff. We can learn history. We can learn archaeology. We can learn many things. But the main purpose of the Bible is to provide us with godly knowledge. And godly knowledge is the highest level of knowledge available to man. Because number one, it has mainly to do with God and our relationship to him. It has to do with our creator. Number two, because it benefits us both in this life and the life to come. You can study many things. You can have PhD and degrees in many things. But only godly knowledge will benefit you in this life and the life to come. That's why Paul said bodily exercise profits little. But godliness is profitable in all things. And so the word of God is given to us to impart to us godly knowledge. How does one acquire godly knowledge? How does one acquire wisdom? Godly wisdom and instruction. How do you know that the knowledge that is being imparted to you is godly knowledge? There is only one way to find out. Ask yourself, is what I am hearing drawing me closer to God? Most important, ask yourself, is what I am hearing producing in me the fear of God? When Isaiah drew close to God, the first thing that happened was fear. He said, woe is me. I am undone. Why did he fear? He saw the holiness of God. When Moses encountered God on the mountain, the first thing God said, before I talk to you, take up your shoes. For I am holy. And where I am is holy. So thus, what is what you are hearing producing a sense of godly fear in your heart. Now Psalm chapter 19 verses 7 to 10 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, they are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord is true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than fine gold, sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. In Psalms, this passage I read to you, 19, 7 to, through 10, there are six names for the word of God. Here they are again. The law of the Lord, that's one, is perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, that's two. 
is sure making wiser simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. That's three statutes. The commandments, that's another name for the word of God. Of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eye. Watch this one that you might have missed. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. One of the names for the word of God is the fear of God. And number six, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So notice that the word of God is called the fear of God. That is huge. Because the revelation here is that one of the main characteristics of the word of God is that it produces fear in the hearts of those who really hear it. The true and balanced preaching or teaching of the word of God always produces the fear of God in the hearts of the hearers. If preaching and teaching only makes you feel happy and does not convict you of sin, I question whether it is the pure word of God. Because if there is no fear, there can be no knowledge. Let me prove it. Proverbs 1 and verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you don't know if you don't fear. And you cannot know if you don't fear. Some people say, I don't fear God because I know. No, you don't fear because you don't know. Because to know is to fear. And to fear is to know. And the more you know, is the more you fear. So don't be intimidated with people who don't fear. Because they don't know. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of instruction. It's the beginning of wisdom. If you know you fear, any man that come and say, I have a PhD or I'm in this position in the church. I have been here for so long. So I don't fear. I do it my way. No, he's a fool. To know is to fear and to fear is to know. Come on. I'm preaching the Bible. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so if you're going to acquire godly knowledge, there must be fear. So where there's no fear in the word of, in, the, in the church, there's ignorance. Where there's no fear in the church, the word of God is lost in the church. Where there's no fear in the house of God, the word of God is lost. How can the word of God be lost in the house of God? Because we have lost the fear of God. Psalms 101, 111, sorry, and verse 10 says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Psalms 9 and verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord, again, is the beginning of wisdom. Psalms 15 and verse 33 says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. So if there is no fear of God, in the church, it might be because the word of God is not being preached in its purity. If there is no fear of God in the church, it might be because the word of God is lost in the house of God. If preaching focuses more 
on making you blessed in this life than teaching you to fear God and live holy. It is not the true word of God. Let me say that again. A preaching is just a tickle your fancy. And just to talk about your blessing and how to get this and not be stressed. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the word of God will stress you out to bring you out and to deliver you from sin. If what is being preached is just to make you happy here. Just to make you feel good. It is not the true unadulterated word of God. My friend, listen to me. Better you just read your Bible. Because that's all the king heard. The word was read to him. And he rent his clothes. Even though the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, wisdom and instructions, the Bible said fools despise it. Proverbs, again, 1 and verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. I want to tell you the reaction of some or even the majority in despising the word of God does not make the word of God less precious. You have to understand this. Even though the word of God is the beginning of knowledge, wisdom, people will despise it. But the Bible categorizes them as fools. So don't think only when the word of God is, when what is preached is accepted, then that determines whether it's the word of God. There are a lot of people that are accepting foolishness. Could I preach in here? And despising true wisdom and knowledge. Because they are foolish. Because foolishness in the Bible is not measured by intellectual prowess, intellectual ability. It is measured by how you deal with sin and how you respond to what God hates and what God said don't do. So there are a lot of intelligent fools in the church. Ask the person next to you, are you a fool or are you wise? Yes. If the word of God don't bother you, if the word of God don't cause you to press and give some effort, you are a fool. Lord, help me to preach this thing. The word of God is what created the world. The word of God is what gives us life. The word of God is God's judgment. The word of God is final. If it is written, it would be so. God cannot go back on his word. I don't care who don't stand with it. I don't care. Your, your eyes could be blue. It could be pink. It could be red. It could be the colors of the, of the LGBT. I don't listen to me. If God said it, it is so. If if God said it, it's coming to pass. If God said it, you better mark it. If God said it, you better run for your life. If God said it, I'm in a pit. And he said, I'll bring you out, get happy. If God said it, go repeat to God. Let it dictate your life. Come on, somebody say yes. You said, Pastor, you don't understand. A lot of my friends ain't going so because they are foolish. And if you follow them, you are foolish too. There are a lot of foolish people today. Fools are multiplied upon the face of the earth. <laughs> Glory be to God. And let me tell you something. God likes wise people. He likes people who fear his word. He said, to well, this man will I look, even to him who trembles at my word, because he's a wise man, because watch it, I'm going to carry it out, so he's wise. You better fear, because I'm coming. Come on, raise your hands and give him some praise. So I say again, the reaction of some, or even the majority 
to the word of God and despising the word of God does not make the word less than it really is. The word that deserves reverence and fear. In other words, I want you to understand there is such a thing as foolish people. Jesus said there were ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. Make sure you are a part of the wise. And let me tell you why people who despise the word are foolish. Proverbs 13 and verse 13 says, he who despises the word will be destroyed. I mean, you need to mark. He, oh Lord Jesus, he, doesn't matter who you are, that despises this book, God said you will be destroyed. Number two, the purpose of the word of God is for our sanctification. Hebrews 12 and verse 14 says, pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. John 13 and verse 8, Jesus told Peter, if, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Peter said, Lord, you shall never wash me. Jesus, said, Jesus answered, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. He was speaking about the sanctification of the word. When Peter said, he said, Lord, but then wash my whole body. He said, no, he that is washed don't need a total cleansing again. What he was saying is, no, you have already been, you will be sanctified through the blood. But even, you are, even after you are sanctified through the blood, you need a daily cleansing through the word. And he was, he was aligning that with a laver in the temple where daily as the priest ministered, they had to wash. And God said, if you don't wash, you will die. So they went to the laver, which was made of the woman's looking glasses on the outside and the inside was water. That was a big basin. And so as you go to the, to the labor bowl, you saw yourself through the woman's looking glasses on the outside and you wash based on what you saw. And that was a type of the word of God. So Jesus spoke very profoundly and said to Peter, if, if my word don't wash you, you can't have any part with me. So what I'm saying is, one of the main purposes for the word of God is to sanctify the believer on a continual basis. And so if we are not emphasizing sanctification, the word of God is lost in the house of God. Finally, the purpose for the word of God that makes us to know that it's not lost in the house of God. Are you ready for this? It's to prepare us for eternity. More than anything else, the word of God has to be pierced for eternity. This is the main goal, brother. This is no joke thing. To prepare us for eternity. As I preach in the open air, I keep giving them that phrase because God put out in my spirit. Where would you be in a million years from now? Would you be happy or would you be crying as the ages roll throughout eternity? I ask one question. Where would you be? Where would you be 
when your body's in that grave? Where would you be? Listen to me. Where would you be when they take you to the funeral parlor? Where would you be when they dress you up to give you the last drive in your life and they put you in that coffin and they take you down to the cemetery? Where would you be when lower you in that casket? You can't say, excuse me, I want to go back and answer the call of God. I'm supposed to be a deacon. I'm supposed to be an usher. I'm supposed to be in the choir. I'm supposed to do that. I want to make it right. No, 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 my friend. It will be too late. I want to go back and do evangelism. Let me tell you something. You must work the works of him who call you while it is day. For the night cometh while no man can work. Judgment is coming and God is getting us ready for that great day. And that is what the Bible is for. And we must be careful. It's to prepare us for eternity. I don't believe any man can really preach unless that grips his consciousness. That the people that you are preaching to one day are going into eternity. And how you preach and what you say can determine where they spend eternity. Come on, somebody. If, we, if you don't have that conviction, go and sell snow cone. Go, go and work with a five fortune company. Make all the money. And, but you see, when it comes to the souls of people, we have to understand you are dealing with an eternal commodity. We must never lose sight of that. Jesus said in John 5 and verse 39, search the scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. Our main reason for searching the scripture is because we believe in them we will have eternal life. The word of God will be the final judge, judge that determines where souls spend eternity. Jesus said, he that rejects me, John 12 and verse 48, and receives not my word has one that judge, judges him in the last days. The words that are spoken will judge him in the last days. Verse 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 says, If anyone strives for mastery, he is not crowned except he strives lawfully. Another translation says, If anyone runs in the athletic race, he is not Crowned unless he runs according to the rules. The rules are the word of God. Beloved, we cannot make up rules as we go along. If we do it our way, we will be disqualified when? At the end. So we got to study the rules. Inculcating ourselves the rules. Practice the rules. Bend your mind. Bend your soul. Bend your spirit to appreciate the rule because there's a judge who's going to judge you without respect of persons. We appreciate the time you spent with us today. If you need prayer right now, send us an email to info at victorgill.org or call now at 1-868-266-1830 and we will pray for you to get your miracle. You can partner with Bishop Gill to bring healing to the nations by donating any amount at www.victorgill.org. Thank you. From our family to you, God bless you richly.